Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Here together. I welcome uh, all those who are new to our broadcasts because we've been doing a lot to promote them. Thank you for joining us and please spread the word. We uh, get into the word of God here. We uh, uh, apply it to our daily spiritual lives. We pray also for one another. So feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the uh, comments and we'll be happy to lift up all your needs before the Lord. Let's begin. Today I want to do a special time of prayer for our enemies and persecutors. We all have enemies and persecutors. And uh, rather than doing the readings assigned for today, I have a few different readings that apply to this particular theme because it's always uh, healthy for our spiritual lives. In fact, it's a command of Jesus that we pray for our enemies. And therefore, every once in a while, when we focus in explicitly on that, we can keep ourselves on that track. Um, let's first of all begin by asking the Lord forgiveness for our own sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we praise you for this new day, and we ask that we be refreshed in your spirit and focused on you ready to receive the graces that you have in store for us, ready to utilize the opportunities that you present to us, ready to celebrate the joy that you want to dwell in us, because that is a fruit of your spirit, O God. Those who walk in the spirit have peace and joy. Those who oppose your spirit and walk in selfishness and idolatry have bitterness and hatred and sadness. Lord, we choose today the path of peace and joy, the path of embracing you rather than ourselves, the path of love, reconciliation, and forgiveness rather than hatred and re retribution. Bless us, Lord, with the forgiveness of our sins. We come before you repenting for what we have done, what we have failed to do, and we ask that your forgiveness, won on the cross through your blood, will permeate our lives today and always. Who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We all have enemies. Now that's but not because we choose to do so, but because there are people who set themselves up against us or against what we believe. There are enemies of the church, enemies of Christ, enemies of the gospel, enemies of life, well, if you and I are people of the gospel, people of life, people who love Christ and follow him, then these people who oppose all of that have defined themselves as our persecutors and enemies. So to say that we have enemies not, is not a reflection on us. Now, of course, if we do things to set ourselves against others, then we may create the problem. In that case, we want to pray for a conversion within us and then also for the people who have become our enemies through our own fault. But it doesn't have to be any fault of your own in order for you to have enemies. That's point number one. Point number two, praying for them 
and loving them does not mean excusing them. Somebody who has done wrong has done wrong. We don't turn wrong into right. That would trivialize the command of Jesus to pray for our enemies because if they didn't do anything wrong, how are they our enemies? So it isn't a uh, dulling or blurring of the lines between right or wrong, and it's not a dilution of your rights. In fact, to call somebody your enemy or your persecutor is to acknowledge that they are, in fact, violating your rights and that what they are doing needs to stop. Part of praying for them is praying that what they are doing against you will stop because you're praying, among other things, for their conversion. You're praying that they will begin walking in the ways of the Spirit, as we said in the opening prayer, rather than in the ways of idolatry. And a lot of times people are our enemies, not even because they oppose the things we stand for, but precisely because they're just looking to serve themselves and satisfy some kind of indulgence of their own by opposing us. Doesn't matter the reason, we don't even have to understand the reason. We just pray that they will be liberated from that. And that's a key aspect. We're gonna go into a couple of the scriptures here, but that's a key aspect of our attitude toward our enemies. We see them as our brothers and sisters, not as the enemy, but as captive to the enemy. I always talk about this in the context of the abortion supporters, right? And the abortionists themselves, are they the enemy? Or are they captive to the enemy? Captive to the one who's telling them lies. Telling them lies about themselves. Telling them lies about us. Telling them lies, lies about the issues. Captive to the deception of the enemy. I've been able to lead so many abortionists and abortion supporters through their journey to embracing the cause of life. And they're filled with such joy and gratitude because they realize they have been set free. Yes, they've changed, but the, the change consists essentially in being set free from captivity. They were captivity to lies that others told them and that they told themselves, to the darkness which comes from none other than the prince of darkness. He's the enemy. All right, Matthew 5, we know the Sermon on the Mount. Let's hear the words of Jesus himself, because we're not doing this because we... We've concluded it's a good idea. We're, we're fulfilling a command of Jesus. And after giving prescriptions on various different aspects of life and of spirituality, here's what he says, in verse, starting in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Notice the analogy Jesus uses, the weather, the sun and the rain. 
It doesn't make distinctions. It doesn't shine on some and not on others, fall on some and not on others. And it comes for a reason, to nurture life. The attitude of forgiveness to our enemies and persecutors is not to excuse what they are doing, tolerate it, or fail to defend our rights. It is rather to want what is good for them, to want them to find life and salvation, to will what is good. What do we choose? Now, we can't control the outcome all the time of what we choose, but we can choose it. I sincerely want good for my enemies. It doesn't mean I'm going to have warm, cozy feelings for them. It doesn't mean I'm excusing what they do. And it doesn't mean we're going to become friends. It means we can say sincerely in the presence of God and ask him to bestow it that we want what is good for them. Can you say that about your enemies and persecutors? Again, it doesn't mean that they don't have to make up for what they did. Somebody stole something from you, they have to give it back. Somebody harms your reputation, they have to unharm it by saying good things to the very same people to whom they said bad things about you. But do you want what is good for them? That's the question we ask in our hearts in the presence of God, and that's what we pray for here today. We're all praying together for our enemies and persecutors. I want the sun to shine on them and the rain to fall on them. I want what is good for them. St. Paul develops this theme in his letter to the Romans. This is another key passage. When we're talking about love of enemies, we see Paul uh, echoing and developing uh, his exhortations about the teachings of Jesus. So we go to uh, Romans 12. He talks about sincere love. He starts in verse 9. Love must be sincere. That's what I was just saying. I truly want what is good for the other person. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Your enemies are clinging to what is evil. You keep clinging to what is good. Don't follow their bad example. Their corrupt example. Don't follow it. Verse 10, he says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. This is the context, then, in which he puts... The following exhortation, starting with verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When your enemy sets him or herself up to be your enemy, 
When your persecutor starts persecuting you, they have mired themselves in the web of evil. They're stuck. Don't let them have so much power over you that you get mired in that same web because then you're hurting yourself. The temptation to strike back at evil with evil is a deception. It makes you think you're doing harm to them when you're really doing harm to yourself. Because in hating our neighbor, in taking vengeance upon our neighbor, in doing harm to our neighbor, again, we're not talking about restoring what is right. We're not talking about fighting back in order to defend our rights and restore the, the, the good that has been harmed. We're not talking about being passive here. We're talking about not doing evil. Because if you do, now you're harming your relationship with God. You think you're hurting them, you're hurting yourself, you're harming your relationship with God. Why should you allow your enemies and persecutors to harm you? Why should you allow them to have so much power over you that you get end up getting mired in the same web of evil, selfishness, deceit, idolatry, and wickedness as they are stuck in? Instead, you want to stay free from that, and you want them to be free as well. Now, Paul says rightly here, in as much as it depends on you, live at peace. If your enemy is attacking you, you're not at peace. In that relationship, you can be at peace in your own mind and heart and soul because your conscience is clear if you haven't done evil. But there's not peace in the relationship because peace in the relationship, it takes two. It doesn't depend only on you. But in as much as it depends on you, he says, let there be peace coming from your end. Now, peace respects what is right, too. So again, somebody has stolen something from you, they have to give it back. And you can utilize the courts and you can utilize... Uh, the, the law enforcement, to get it back. So this is not some kind of passive uh, justification for evil. You don't have to leave everything to the next life. We try to restore what is right. But brothers and sisters, we do so with the attitude in our hearts that we are going to do good to our enemies. Now, Paul quotes a, a, um, a passage here from Proverbs. In doing good to your enemy, you will pour burning coals upon his head. This can refer to the repentance that God can stir up in the enemy when they receive good from you. You've experienced it, haven't you? I know what I have. If I'm uh, being a, an idiot towards somebody and they respond with kindness, it makes me feel silly and ashamed for the way I'm acting. So pouring burning coals on their head, it's, uh, it can refer to the, the sense of, of shame and guilt that they have uh, because you've put their actions in, under a bright light. You've shown the light of goodness and it makes their actions appear all the more evil and they feel that within, within themselves. Let that be the effect. Let that be what happens. The forgiveness that we offer to others, they may or may not accept it. That's their problem. 
But it's rooted in the historical fact that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, as St. Paul makes clear to the Romans. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He prayed on the cross for those who put him there. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Shall we enter in then to a time of prayer for our enemies? And notice, when we say the Our Father, we're holding ourselves to a very high standard because we are saying, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive others to the same extent that we forgive others in the same manner that we forgive others. We're asking God to look at us and use us as an example for his own behavior. Lord, if I forgive others readily and generously, well then, Lord, forgive me readily and generously, but watch me closely, Lord, because if I hold back my love, my forgiveness, my care, my willingness for good from other people, I want you to hold back your love for me. That's a dangerous prayer to say unless we're really sincerely loving our enemies. It's a really dangerous prayer to say, but we're going to say it because we are committed to following Jesus' command. Let's pray. Let's, let's use the song, as a matter of fact, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on them, the enemies, the persecutors. Let's all pray for one another's enemies and persecutors now. You can extend your hands. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Let the rain fall. Let the sun shine on the good and the bad, the just and the unjust, the friends and the enemies. We want them set free from the captivity of the lies that they're living and the evil that they're stuck in. Set them free, Lord, because they are pitiable and corrupt. We want you to raise them up out of that. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Melt them, mold them, Fill them, use them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Lord, we don't know the wounds that our persecutors have. We ask you to heal those wounds. We don't know why, Lord, in every case, they are acting the way they do. But you do. You know it, Lord, and you know the rough places, the scars, the wounds, the twisted mindset that they may have. You know, Lord God, the corruption in their souls. And we ask that you send your healing transforming balm and spirit upon those wounds, those disfigurations, those cracks. Heal our persecutors and enemies of the wounds of the evil, of the deception and the darkness 
to lead them to do what they do. Set them free. And set us free too, Lord God. Heal us. Father, do not let those who set themselves up against us harm us by leading us down the path of hatred or vengeance. Bless us now as we live your word. And we pray now, Lord God, that dangerous prayer that asks you to use us as the measuring rod of your own mercy and forgiveness. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our heavenly mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, among the biggest enemies to what we stand for and to the kingdom of God and to our very safety are the promoters of abortion. May God give them repentance today and may we see an end to the greatest evil of our time, the most destructive problem that we have, the killing of unborn babies by abortion. May it cease and may it cease now. Blessings to your day, Lord. Uh, Lord, send your blessing upon us. Give us your protection, grace, and answer to all our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, friends, talk to you soon. God. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.